If I told you I had a key to unlock your potential for better mental, emotional, and physical health, would you want it? What if I told you you've had that key all along? Like the power of Dorothy's ruby slippers, you've had sleep your entire life. But maybe you didn't know how you could use it, or even if you could use it. Sleep, and what dreams may come. Hey everybody, welcome back to the KL Podcast. As always, we're thrilled to have you back with us today. And uh, hey, if you're here and you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends, post it somewhere, see if you can get some other people to repost it. Come find us on LinkedIn, comment, like, ask us questions, engage with us. We're happy to we're happy to talk with you about whatever we're talking about. Guys, let me tell you something. This is, I don't know if this is serendipitous or not, but today uh, we were just talking about how much we've had to eat today at lunch and how we're feeling about it. But on my way to lunch, I was driving down the parkway. You know, those big electronic signs over the parkways that tell you about like traffic conditions or whatever. Right. Yeah. The sign today said, don't drive drowsy. Oh, <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee Department of Transportation knew what we were going to talk about today. Isn't that crazy? There you go. Well, I'd say it probably ties more to your drive back from lunch after eating that double <laughs> cheeseburger. That was a different kind of drowsy, man. That's uh, right. I'm I'm on the edge yeah. of a comatose state, but it's different. <laughs> yeah, that's what Uber's top, for. That's right. <laughs> Uber and home from lunch because I ate too much. That's right. That'll be a new low point in my life. For sure. Uber, Uber, Uber home after the cheeseburger and then uh, get somebody to take you back to your car later on. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Okay. So listen, today we're going to talk about good sleep and we wanted to find good sleep early on before we get into this. So there are four primary factors that we're going to talk about today. First is how do we fall asleep fast? In other words, less than 30 minutes. How often do we wake up during the night and waking up two or more times is disruptive? How long are we awake when we wake up? Less than 20 minutes, ideally. And how much of our time in bed is spent actually sleeping? We want to aim for about 85% there. So when we talk today about good sleep, that's what we're talking about. I think this goes kind of hand in hand, Henry, with some of the conversation that you emphasized around the quote unquote grind you know, how glorious it is yeah. to just work and wear yourself to a nub. You know, in years past, there's also been kind of this badge of honor around not sleeping. Uh, I, can, I can go this long without sleeping. And right. I think people that sleep a lot, you know, in some circles, in some business circles, they might be looked at as lazy. lazy. I yep. mean, you know, there's a stigma attached to it, I think. But the reality is sleep is incredibly healthy. It's probably one of, one of the most important pieces of our health, and it can impact our lives, you know, inside and out of work. So right. that's what yeah, we Yeah, I agree with you, Tim, except I'm going to strike the word probably, and I'm going to say that the, the triumvirate of health is sleep, diet, and exercise. And if those three things are in the right kind of balance, right. then then you're doing the absolute best for yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. And these people who believe that you can cut out sleep and that's how you get your financial benefit, also crazy people. 
you know, I'm yeah. telling you right now, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you're right. The benefits of sleep are, they're huge. Yeah. I'd say there's even another adjective we need to attach to it for the purposes specifically of this conversation. Sleep is productive. Yes. Right. It is a productive state and it's a productive action that, that enables you to do more. So interesting. You say that Josh, because I'll tell you, I think you're aware. I, I go long periods of time without a lot of sleep. And it was just until recently that I realized the equation isn't even. So the ratio isn't one to one. I think in the past I've said, oh, I'll give up an hour of sleep for an hour of productivity. It's a wash. I'll give up two hours of sleep for two hours of productivity. But that equation is is out of whack because if you give up an hour of sleep, it costs you much more, much more than that hour of productivity that you gain. Um, it can really throw you out of whack for a couple of days. It can hurt productivity, you know, for two, three, four days. And the return that you're getting on that one hour of missed sleep is, you know, making a deadline maybe or making up right. for some poor time management. But it is, you know, if I am driving home any point today, I think the point that I want to drive home is we do not lose an hour of sleep and gain an hour of productivity and everything else is just fine in our life. There's some repercussions. Yeah, that's good, Tim. Yeah, Josh. And and I think it's also fair if we if, you know, I don't want to go too far into this without qualifying that my sleep is not the same as your sleep or Tim's sleep. Like, you know, there are people who operate just fine on five hours of sleep every night and other people need eight hours of sleep, no less every night. And some people sleep from, you know, they got to be in bed at nine o'clock and other people get to bed at one o'clock and some people take naps during the day. There's a lot of different ways that this works. I don't think that what we're trying to prescribe here is that this, these are the only ways to do it. This is the only way point is, is that good sleep is better than bad sleep. And bad sleep isn't, doesn't have anything to do with the hours, the amount of hours necessarily. It's about the quality of the rest that you're getting, however you go about getting that. Yeah. So what are the benefits of good sleep, Henry? I mean, you said good sleep. So I'm assuming that there are some benefits that you're thinking of. What are the benefits of good sleep? It improves your concentration. It improves your mental well-being. It'll improve, it'll improve the complexion of your skin it'll help decrease the aging process. I mean, the benefits of sleep, it, you, you, it can just be superficial. If you just want to look better, get more rest, get better rest. If you want to think better and be more productive, get better rest. There's no doubt about any of this stuff. You guys are on board with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say yeah. specifically, and this is just me for me with my family history, you know, I was going through this reading that it increases chance of, you know, um, heart attack and stroke right? Or heart disease. I mean, that's, that hammers home to me. I mean, that's been pretty prevalent in my family history, but if it's another tool that I can use to combat that, I'm all for it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Henry, kind of the output of good sleep, but there's actually science behind what happens while we're sleeping good. And I think this is so interesting. Um, You know, clearly, I think we understand how much better we feel when we sleep, but what happens when we sleep is, you know, a really rudimentary description would be that our, our brain kind of takes out the trash in a way, (laughs) you know, 
So while we're sleeping, our brain creates and maintains pathways, and those are critical for memory formation and retention. And those processes help to enhance learning and problem-solving skills. So there's the brain doing its job while we're sleeping. Sleep gives the brain a chance to do that, but also our body tissues repair and strengthen, our heart rests, our blood pressure changes throughout the night to promote cardiovascular health. And then during sleep, your body also creates hormones that help your immune system fight off infection. So good sleep can prevent you from getting sick and help you recover quicker. So there's like some real science behind the feeling of getting good sleep. And I don't think I had really dug into that before we started preparing for this call, but it's super interesting content. I'm curious, did either one of you guys ever just have, aside from just feeling tired and knowing you needed sleep because you were tired, did you ever just have an intuitive feeling that there was something beyond just being tired that was wrong with you whenever you, you weren't getting enough sleep? Did, yeah. did you ever connect this with other parts of your professional or personal life? Yeah, I, I do. I would say frequently I did, you know, it had a lot to do with ability to focus and retention, right? Retention of content. I was just having to read stuff over and over or review content over and over. And I'd, I'd find myself getting lost in it, like literally lost in between the lines that I was reading because I couldn't focus and I couldn't retain it. And it, it's, you know, tied directly to my quality of sleep. And I'll even say, you know, I had sleep apnea for a while. Um, it was on CPAP for a while um, until I had some surgery done to remove some of the obstructions. But I, I was I was in some pretty bad in pretty bad shape due to poor sleep, and it was it was real. I didn't realize how real it was until I started getting help for it, and it made a world of difference. I, I told this story to Tim one time. This was a long time ago when I first kind of started down this journey, and I got on a CPAP to help me breathe better at night to sleep when I was sleeping. And the first night that I did that. I felt like I had spidey senses when I woke up, <laughs> like everything was clear. I could hear better. I smell better. You know, I could hear like butterflies, wings flapping as they went by. And it, it I mean, it was, it was eye-opening. It genuinely was. When it was, his it. sleep was eye-opening. How about that? <laughs> Try that oh, on. There you go. Minute. Yes. No, I like that, Josh. We've talked about this though, Josh, you know, I have a really good friend. It's one of my best friends in the world who started using a CPAP like maybe five years ago. This guy was one of the grumpiest human beings you will ever encounter. I mean, it's comical. He's a, he's a grouch. He's in a horrible mood for years and started using the CPAP, woke up from his first night of sleep. He's a teddy bear. <laughs> I mean, it, it legitimately changed his personality from years of getting bad sleep to all of a sudden, He's getting this great sleep. So it does make a big difference. We're laughing about it, yeah. but it is very, very important. All right. So let, let's just talk about sleep deprivation for a moment. And and I mean, before we get into it, I mean, is this, do you guys feel like this is a widespread problem? Well, I think the data suggests that. Right. It's hard to know because this is one of those things where you know your own sleep and maybe the people immediately around you, but then we start looking at the data and one of the pieces of data that I saw said that 25% of U.S. adults suffer from insomnia. And 
you know, the definition around sleep deprivation is a little fuzzy because not everybody needs the same amount of sleep, but there's one survey that we saw up to 70% of survey responders said that they feel sleep deprived on a regular basis. So, you know, sleep deprivation, I think is one of those things where we don't define by if you got seven hours of sleep, you're fine. If you got six hours and 55 minutes, you're deprived. I think it's more of a feeling and how it affects you. And that can be, you know, the number can vary for different humans, but if 70% of the people in a survey are saying they feel sleep deprived, I would say the problem's pretty widespread. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say the, the control group that I, the study that I did, which is the two adults in my house, <laughs> where, <laughs> where that, that, it was, it was a hundred percent on sleep, on sleep deprivation or feeling sleep deprived frequently. And so it's, it's real. I, I think it's real. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw social media under the bus early in this conversation. Yeah, I think, I think that's a big piece of it too, right? I mean, people are laying down in bed at night and then jumping on their screen, catching up. The endless day. scroll, right? Right, right. Whether mm. it's email, whether it's social media, primarily social media. Um, TikTok. Yeah, man. And <laughs> you, there you go, right? And an hour later, you've lost an hour of sleep and you're that's right. completely alert and, and can't fall asleep. Yeah. And I guess the truth is if it's widespread or not widespread, maybe irrelevant if it's impacting the person who has some kind of control over your particular life experience. Like, I don't know, your doctor or the pilot of the plane you're getting on or the judge in the courtroom that you're in. If these people are sleep deprived, do you care if it's 76% of the population or if it's 1% of the population? All it matters is that this person needs to be more alert than they probably might be. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it just has to impact some people and it clearly impacts a lot. Yeah. Do you guys use sleep, sleep trackers? I have one of those on my watch, but I hated sleeping with a watch. So me too. The short answer is no. So y'all don't. Okay. That's probably smart. This is a running joke in our house because we're talking about sleep deprivation and, you know, I'll wake up and my wife will say, how'd you sleep last night? And I'll, I'll say, hold on just a second. Let me check. <laughs> the data suggests that I didn't sleep well. Let me tell you if I slept good or not. Oh, oh no. I, I had a lot of sleep disruption last night. I feel awful. Yeah. I mean, I think sleep trackers, honestly, the psychology behind sleep trackers it's true. can work against you sometimes. Because, you know, it is, you know, so every once in a while I'll wake up in the morning and my wife will say, how'd you sleep last night? And I'll say, I didn't sleep a wink. I forgot to put my watch on last night. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's in our heads that, you know, the technology is going to tell me if I feel good or not. And I think that can really work against us sometimes. That's, you know, I'm not suggesting that we don't track sleep, but I do think we need to recognize that how we feel is much more important than what the data suggests. Yeah. I mean, think about how many times have we heard people talk about that are legitimately sick, but they say they didn't feel sick until they knew they were sick. Right. And then, <laughs> and then they felt terrible. Right. Yeah. yeah. I saw this, uh, I saw this interesting sleep study once where they put people in a, a room without windows and uh, they, there was, I, I don't even know how they managed the light in the room, but they, they had no sense of time of day. And uh, uh, hold on. Did you see this sleep study? I read about it. I didn't see it. Or did you hear about it from Obi? 
So Obi, what Obi was talking about wasn't a sleep study. That was a meditation study, but it's very similar to that. I was in torture chamber. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. Well, this kind of is too, right? But the point was, they said, if somebody doesn't know what time it is, how long they've been in a place, when they sleep, are they going to intentionally sleep for eight hours or will they just get up whenever their body tells yeah. them biorhythmically it's time to get up? And what they discovered was people would sleep in two four-hour increments. And they would have a waking period of about six hours or so between those increments. And they didn't know. And you asked them afterwards how long they'd been asleep and awake. They thought it was like a regular day. Mm. So if that's the case, we're all twice as old as we think we are. <laughs> Bad news for you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scary I'm in stuff. Bad shape. No, but I mean, I, I think it's interesting if you, like you said, you know, when you look at the data and you kind of like, well, I guess I didn't sleep as well as I thought I did. And if you didn't know how long you were asleep, maybe you felt like you got great sleep, even though it was only four yeah. hours. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Sleep deprivation is real. And the quality of sleep is not necessarily tied to the hours of sleep. And the data that tells you about your sleep might not even necessarily tell you whether you slept well or not. It just tells That's you whether right. you were up or down. That's exactly right. So let's talk about the effects of good sleep and the effects of sleep deprivation at work. Because certainly, I don't, I'm not sure if there's any place where your sleep status, we'll call it that, or your sleep score, whatever. However you want to characterize it, I'm not sure if there's any place where it's more evident than at work. So what does bad sleep or sleep deprivation look like in a leader? Let's talk specifically about leaders. Uh, I mean, this is when you get into uh, poor decision making. Right. And, and people with short fuses, uh, you know, your, your patience is just gone whenever you don't have a restful night of high quality sleep and your people will suffer from that. And if you're not aware enough to keep your distance so that, you know, you can just be heads down in a spreadsheet all day where you can yell at it all you want and it doesn't respond to you, you can impact, you can have a material impact on the emotions and the relationships with the people around you. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's, it's disengagement too. Like I am looking for every opportunity to disengage and not kind of not dive in at a personal level with anybody around me, just because I don't have the, the mental capacity or bandwidth to, you know, to, to move through it. I need, I need to just get away. And that's, that's, not, that's not a good state to be in at network for sure. Yeah. I can speak for myself and say where it's most evident when I do not have enough sleep, or enough good sleep, I turn very reactive. And generally speaking, I am proactive at work. I'm reaching out to people. I'm thinking of new ways to do things. You know, I emphasize creativity and innovation a lot on my teams. And when I don't have enough sleep, I just let the work come to me. Whatever the bare minimum is that I have to do to get through that day, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, fortunately, I only experience a day like that every once in a while. But you could imagine if someone is suffering from sleep deprivation all the time, weeks at a time, they turn into this person who is just, you know, strictly reactive. All they're trying to do is if you give me a task, I'm going to finish it. If you send me an email, I'm going to respond to it. If you ask for something, I'll get it. But there's no creative 
proactivity. And I think that's how it affects a lot of people. Yeah. And there's data out there that will tell you that uh, people with insomnia, and maybe you could even extend this to people who don't sleep well on a regular basis, not just diagnosed insomnia, uh, are 56% more likely to have impaired work performance. Uh, it doesn't mean that your people with bad work performance are insomniacs, but that means that the people who aren't sleeping are probably struggling at work. And here's the other thing is that when you don't sleep well, it can affect your mental state. And, yes. And, you know, if your anxiety spikes or you start to feel depression, that starts to impact your sleep, which then impacts your mental state. And it's a, this right. vicious cycle that is very difficult to get out of. Now, all of a sudden, you're not you're struggling at work, you're struggling with personal relationships and you're struggling with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we were putting three bullets on this, I would say the primary places where we see bad things happen from sleep deprivation at work would be, you know, one, a lack of creativity two, a lack of good decision making and then three relationships because your relationships will suffer if you're sleep deprived. Guys, do you Absolutely. feel like that we've created a pretty exhausting list and covered a lot about, you know, how negative the impact of bad sleep is? Do you feel like we should start start talking a little bit about how to get good sleep? Let's get into let's get in. <laughs> let's get into the video. We must. <laughs> so, Tim, where did this video come from? Introduce the video and tell us how you got it. Sure. So, the video is a guy named Tom Bilyeu, spelled B-I-L-Y-E-U. And I have absolutely no problem at all calling out the person who gave that video to me. His name is Josh Wilson. He's on blast. <laughs> Otherwise, great guy. Great guy, <laughs> but he did send this video. <laughs> so he sends this video over and it's... It's a video and it's 24 minutes long, man. It's no TikTok. It's not snackable. It is a full meal. It's 24 minutes long of sleep tips. And I got to say, Tom is a maniac. He's an absolute maniac. I know Henry wants to talk about Tom. I'm going to let you for a second, Henry. And then what you don't cover, I'll come back on. Well, I, I mean, there's some crazy stuff in this video. I mean, there's some crazy, <laughs> next level crazy stuff. There's also some stuff in here. He makes some points. I'm like, I 100% agree with that. I yeah, do it myself. He's yeah. spot let's st on. Let's start there, Henry. <laughs> Before we just start dragging Tom through the mud, that's mm -hmm. what we do to people sometimes. Let's start here. Yeah. No, what did right. he suggest in his list? In his, in his video is all about tips for great sleep. Yes. So what did he sleep. suggest that resonated with you or that you thought was a good tip? The, uh, the absolute maniac, Tom Bilyeu, uh, <laughs> suggests his point number one, if you want to get good sleep, it starts first thing in the morning. The yes. moment you get out of bed, yes. you need to get sun on your body, on your face. You need to look up toward the sky, not at the sun. He, he makes that point. Probably a good point for some people, but look up at the sky. And guys, I could not agree more. Now, I don't go outside and put my face up into the sky like that. But in the morning, after I've done, you know, kids lunches and had made myself some coffee, I get to the window where the sun comes in and I sit there and I just I like to feel it on my face, on the back of my neck. It doesn't matter if I'm reading or looking at my phone. I like to feel the heat of the sun. 
spring, summer, fall, winter, doesn't matter what time of year it is or what temperature it is. I couldn't agree more with him on this point. I love it. And I'm going to be intentional about it going forward. Yeah. So interesting you bring that up, Henry, because that is my favorite tip that he gave. And I had never really thought about it. And, you know, once again, to get into the science of this, what he says is that by getting sun on your skin and in your eyes, sunlight in your eyes, you're basically regulating your circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. which is the 24 hour cycle that human beings kind of adhere to. And it regulates your body because your body is saying, all right, sunlight, it's time for me to be awake. And I have started doing this since I saw the video like a week ago. When I get up in the morning, instead of coming here, you know, to the office and firing up the computer, I walk outside, I find where the sun's beating down and I look up in the blue sky, let the sun hit my skin. And when I come back inside, I am awake. I'm much more, it kind of like shakes off the grogginess. So there's some things that Tom suggests that I am not going to try. And I feel exactly. bad because this one works so well. Maybe the other stuff works well. The other too, stuff this is, one is great. The other stuff's it, insane. This one the, works. The, the other thing I'll say on that, and I've actually referenced this in some of our other conversations. I don't remember if we were talking about if it was mental wellness or depression, things like that. But it's something I've done for a long time. And it was on the recommendation of a, of a counselor, right? Of a therapist to say, hey, first thing in the morning, open your blinds right? Get, get sunlight in and, mm-hmm. and it helps, right? It helps. I mean, we're talking about sleep, but it helps to start your day and it helps to fight depression. It helps to fight anxiety. It helps all of, so other than sleep, I mean, there's a ton of benefits to getting the sun on you and in your eyes first thing in the morning. And I, I even position my, my work desk. I, I don't put it in the middle of the room. It's facing a window, right? And yeah. it's intentional because whether I come to my desk in the morning or throughout the day, I want sunlight on me. And, and it's, it's, it's imperative. It's important for me. Yeah. So sunlight helps Uh your sleep patterns. We all agree on that. I'm, I'm signing off on that. I'm endorsing that. Let's keep going, Henry. What else did you like? All right. Do you you mind? That's the end of my list of stuff that I like. (laughs) First off, there's no way that's true. I'm going to bounce around this a little bit, if you don't mind, but uh, another one he talks about, uh, this one's pretty obvious. I think everybody would attest to this. I'd be surprised if you didn't No light, in your room it's your room yeah. should be dark right and yeah. uh and, and it kind of goes along with the sunlight in your face but i'll tell you this right now guys you could have someone jackhammering you could have acdc playing a concert and a screaming baby in my bedroom and as long as it's dark i go to bed none of the, the sounds don't matter to me i'll sleep through anything as a matter of fact when there are no sounds i kind of start to freak out at sleep but if there's any light any light I can't sleep. I'm tossing and turning. And he talks about like covering up all the little LED lights on all the little things in your room that may light up, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't go that far, but uh, maybe I do wear a sleep mask because I realize that I have to have a complete darkness to sleep. And my wife likes to watch a little TV before bed. She can have it up yeah. as loud as she wants. As long as I don't have any light, I go straight to bed. Yeah. So that's... anybody arguing here with keeping your room dark? No, I mean, that's relevant in my house too, Henry, because I tend to go to like lay my head down to sleep. We're in bed for a while, but to go to sleep, I'm, I'm first at it and I'll turn my, my lamp off and my wife will leave hers on and she's you know, probably scrolling through her phone when it's that late. And <laughs> my comment to her is, do you really need light to stare at a light? <laughs> 
because because <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> and her response is, "Yes, I, I do." So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, and honestly, the first actually the first four tips I I would endorse, right? I mean, we did sun exposure and reducing light. I would say move your body. I think it's pretty important throughout the day. Oh yeah, I, I, I like yeah, the way yeah. he exercise. Prefaced, yeah, I like yeah. the way he prefaced it. He said, "Earn your rest." right? Or the way he framed it, he said, earn your rest at night, right? If you're not, you know, getting rid of energy throughout the day, you're not going to be very tired at night and then stop eating crap. I mean, that's did you, wait, did you say the first four, you, the first four points you agree with Josh, did you say that? Cause I do agree. And, and they go in order His first four points are get sun exposure, use your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they talk about crap, stop eating crap. But what he says was, he says he stops eating anything at yeah. one o'clock at one forty-five in the afternoon. Well, I'm not diving into those details because I don't agree with the extent of his. I don't. I mean, I've heard a lot of benefits of intermittent fasting, but his regimen was pretty different. Is what yeah. I label it, and so, I'm not. I'm not going to yeah, endorse that. Yeah, but yeah. I think input is what you put into your body. Well, Tim's like, Tim's like, way hours way you <laughs> so I think we agree. I think we can agree that sun is important. Exercise is important. Diet is important. Let's get it dark. I'm a, I can testify to that. I have a before and after story because we have blackout curtains now and I sleep much better since we got those. So we definitely agree with those things. Will you Let's please pivot. talk about? <laughs> Let's pivot to the things that maybe we don't agree with Tom on. And I feel a little bad because honestly, the things that I disagree with him on, I haven't actually tried and I probably won't try, but they're a little wacky. Josh, (laughs) what pops out to you first? Well, listen, I know what you guys are going to jump on and I'm actually going to advocate for it a little bit. Oh, I can't wait to hear. I'm going to add some color to it. Okay. Uh, The one that I thought was pretty out there where he said, tape your mouth shut. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Literally tape your mouth shut. And, and that is in an effort to promote breathing through your nose and not through your mouth while you sleep. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't get dry mouth. You don't, right. You're not waking up and then you're going to get something to drink. And then now you've got to pee and all this other stuff. Um, but what I will say, like I mentioned earlier, that I was on a CPAP before and an apparatus that they give you when you're on a CPAP is a wrap that goes from your chin up to the top of your head to keep your mouth shut so you don't breathe through your mouth, okay? So there's some credence to what he's saying, but I'm not going to put surgical tape over my lips every night (laughs) in an effort to keep (laughs) my mouth shut. (laughs) Yes, we're not going to tape our mouths shut. You know, one of of my favorite things that I just kind of shook my head involuntarily at was when he said, I've made a commitment that every moment I'm awake, I will either be working or working out. (laughs) Yeah. And I immediately thought, well, clearly this guy doesn't have a wife and kids. That's what I thought. And then a few minutes later, he's like, yeah, my wife. And I'm yeah. like, wow, he has a wife. And then, you know, and then I immediately pivoted to, well, your sleep might be great, but you clearly have some issues because you can't tell me this guy works or works out every moment of his life. And then at bedtime, he tapes his mouth shut and pulls the covers <laughs> over his head. <laughs> and he yeah, has a way, happy marriage. That's just not going to work. Don't skip over that because he does pull the covers over his head. Yeah. That's yeah. an important part of his routine. Yeah. I could never yeah. do that. Never. Can happened. we talk about the uh, the AirPods and the and the Audible <laughs> book? Because this yeah, go one, ahead, Henry. 
because the the tape over the mouth was one thing but then i i kind of lost track because I, I i was just shaking my head so much that i couldn't even pay attention to him but something about how he puts airpods in and then he finds a book that's going to be eight hours or more long a fiction book a fiction it has to be fiction because you know he doesn't want to pollute his mind with nonfiction while he's listening to it asleep <laughs> he wants to pollute his mind with fiction okay that's fine yes. fiction book that's turned down so low that he can only hear it when he puts a little pressure on his ear. And this is, I, I mean, I didn't understand this, but it helps him sleep. And if he wakes up, then all he's got to do is turn his head and put pressure back on his ear to hear the book again and go right back to sleep. I mean, if the point is to help you go to sleep and stay asleep, why is there an, if he wakes up portion of this I, and who's sleeping with AirPods in? Yeah. I, I didn't understand I mean, clearly, any of this one. Clearly, there's some Tom specific advice there. Right. You know, he said he said never set an alarm. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that works perfectly for everyone who makes their living making YouTube videos. <laughs> some of us have places to be. Some of us have obligations. Some of us have commitments and we have to set an alarm. Um, but yeah, he, there's yeah. definitely some Tom specific advice that's a little quirky and yeah. we may not follow. I'm going to end it the discussion about Tom with his last point, which I actually agree with, uh, which is before you go to sleep, think about what you're grateful for because gratitude gets you in a good place to go to sleep. And I'm sure, you know, that gratitude is in the form of prayer for a lot of people, but I think, you know, however you think about gratitude, right before you go to sleep, it can get you in, you know, kind of a Zen state of mind and sets the table for some relaxing sleep. I did agree with that. I, I want to know your sleep patterns. And I think this, I think this, you know, not to just be nosy about your business, but I bet the three of us have very unique sleep patterns and it works for each one of us. But Henry, what's what's your sleep situation? Uh, I mean, I'm 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 pretty much the standard routine every single day. It's almost exactly the same. Almost always somewhere between nine and ten, I'm um, asleep. And I mean, it takes me thirty seconds maybe to fall asleep, maybe a minute. Yeah. I mean, it's quick. And then somewhere between five and six, I'm up every morning, and I don't set an alarm. Uh, and in the really? summertime, I, yeah, at summertime, I don't need to, because when the sun comes up, I wake up and in the rest of the year, the kids all have alarms on their phones for school. And so I hear the alarms going off all across the house. So, oh. uh, so I'll wake up with them, but yeah, I mean, it's the same every single day, every day of the week. Okay. And, it, and, and, you know, as far as getting up in the morning, it almost doesn't matter what time I've gone to bed. I'm yeah. getting up at about the same time every single day. Yeah. So. Josh, what about you? Yeah, that's the exact same case for me, Henry. So it used to be like midnight, one o'clock for me. Going to I was bed. texting with you at 1 a.m. last well, night. Last Josh. night was and you're going to sit here and, and like lie on this I podcast. I said for the most part. And I feel like <laughs> shit today. And it's going to, it's going, I'm going to, I'm going to quantify it here in a second. It used to be 12 to one o'clock um, when I would go to bed. I've made it, I've made it like 10, 11 o'clock now. Um, is when I'm going to okay. sleep. But like you, I'm going to fall asleep pretty quick and my wife hates me for it. You know, once I decide I'm going to bed, it's about, I mean, within five minutes, I'm asleep. Lights out. Yep. 
And like you, no matter what time I go to sleep, I'm waking up between six and six 30. Um, and so the time that I fall asleep is impactful to me because I, I say, I can't, my pattern has developed to a point where I'm waking up between six and six 30, whether I fell asleep, like I mentioned between 10 and 11 or 12 and one or later. Um, and then that's going to impact the rest of my day. Um, and I was up late last night, Tim, and it's impacted the rest of my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to be texting you so late, Josh. Nah, I was it was important. Too, man. <laughs> I needed you last night, man. There you go. We, hey, we needed each other last night, Tim. <laughs> That's right. Well, I sleep from, generally, I sleep from one to seven. That's my routine. I mean, try to go to bed right around one. I get up at seven, get my kids off to school. And, you know, that's the way I rock. Sometimes I go to bed a little bit earlier, sometimes a little later, but that's as generally speaking is one to seven. But I think what can be gathered from the three of us is that routine is what's most important. Yeah. yeah you can sure. regulate your sleep. If you go to sleep at the same time every night, get up at the same time in the morning, your body responds to that in a positive way. How do you guys feel about naps? Na- I mean, naps are hard for me. They really are. I, I think they're beneficial. Why do you, why do you I, say that though? Why, why are they hard for you? I had genuinely have a difficult time falling asleep during the day, no matter how tired I am. And I am extremely sluggish with when I wake up from a nap. And really, I am. Yeah. And oh, it, yeah. I don't want to say it ruins the rest of my day, but man, I am. I am not as productive when I wake up from a nap. And that it's it's on both ends. It's hard for me to fall asleep in the middle of the day, and it's hard for me to be productive. After Josh a nap. and I are the same people. The yeah. Same people. I, yeah. I'll, I'll take a nap once every couple months. Me too. Um, oh man. And yep. it doesn't really seem to matter like what my sleep was the night before, but I'll take that nap. And then when I get up, I just feel terrible. I do too. I should have oh. just stayed awake. Are man. you a nap guy? Yeah. I almost, I almost felt like I needed to say it when I was saying one to seven, because I take a, especially during remote work. Oh my gosh. I take a 30 minute nap, probably three, four days a week. What time? A lot of times it's right around lunch, lunch hour. Wow. It's like 12 to 1230. Boom, start, 30 minutes. Start blowing up his phone, Henry. We saw some data that talked about the power of naps. It's so interesting to me that it doesn't work well with either one of you. But, you know, one of the pieces of data that we saw was uh, some research done by NASA. And it said a 40 minute nap increased alertness by 100 (laughs) percent and i feel that man when i after i take a 30 minute nap i get up and i can go i mean i can absolutely go and the other piece of data that i thought was really interesting it said from nasa a one hour nap increases productivity for the next 10 hours I wish that was so, true for I me. Too. I guess that's really unique and, you know, depends on the individual, but man, a nap is yeah. just like such an awesome supplement for me. I love it. Yeah. I, I wish that I could. I genuinely do. Cause I do feel like I would benefit from it. Uh, and maybe it's just developing that pattern. Maybe I just force myself to take a nap three or four times a week, like Tim and, <laughs> and I'll start feeling better about it. It's an experiment. Yeah. I got to take a nap. Again. Right. <laughs> It's exactly. all part of the process. No, I, I do. I, I, I do feel like I would benefit from it. It's it would be intentional for me at this point, though, to to turn it, try and turn it into a pattern. So in conclusion, outstanding leaders have a core set of standard traits. 
emotional intelligence, empathy, passion, charisma, problem-solving abilities, expert communication skills, just to name a few. These traits pioneer organizational success by contributing to high individual morale while allowing leaders to make decisions that are in the best interest of their team. As it turns out, many of these traits needed for inspirational leadership are positively boosted by sleep or conversely, negatively impacted by a lack of sufficient sleep. In short, sleep better to lead better. Good luck out there. In some parts of the world, you may have moved your clocks back an hour this past week. That means you may have gotten an extra hour of sleep this morning. And that extra hour of sleep can mean so much. We hope you put it to good use. Thanks for listening. For more KL Podcasts, visit kindleadershipproject.com. Follow us on LinkedIn or find us on your favorite streaming service. This podcast is an expression of the views of kind leadership and its team. We're always open for discussion. So find us on social media and give us your thoughts.